What's going on, Whisper Nation? Austin Sear, Big Traffic, Johnny Game Time Hicks, joining you for another Mock Draft Monday on April 5th. Let's go. Right here. What's going on, Whisper Nation? What's going on, Big Travi? What's going on, Game Time Hicks? How you guys doing today? Doing great, man. This is I'm just like stoked to be on here uh, doing this Mock Draft Monday. We started so much earlier this year. So it's like we have these waves of like excitement. We started with the first two early. Now we're even a little bit earlier, or I guess later, <laughs> but like it's still too early. I just, I love it, man. I'm obviously confused about the time right now. Hey, it's a, inception with, you know, like dreams within the dreams and reality within <laughs> realities. Who knows where we're at right now, dude? Well, for those joining us online, welcome to the mock draft. We're going to be going ahead and doing a 10-team PPR mock draft. Um, and if you haven't liked and subscribed already, make sure you do so you can catch the live notifications coming your way and be sure to follow on Twitter because that's where Johnny's dropping the links to join our sleeper rooms before we actually do this, meaning you can draft alongside of us, drafting alongside the rest of Whisper Nation. Um, we got a lot of great folks who join us every single week, so make sure you like and follow on Twitter so you can get that link and try to be, gotta be quick on them because they're filling up pretty quick and yeah. we'd love to have you joining with us next time. But Hey, if you didn't make it next time or you didn't make it this time, you can go ahead and ask us questions in the YouTube chat or on Twitter or on Facebook. We do our best to get to all of the questions as they're going. Um, so we'd still love to have you along with us. Let us know how people are doing. Let us know what you're wondering about. We're here for all of it. Uh, Johnny, we're doing a 10 team PPR mock draft. Any other things you'd like to let the folks know about this setup here, we got we got 13 rounds, no kickers, no defenses. Yep, uh, the definite usual that we like to do on the show. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to everyone that's in the uh, chat room right now. It's popping off. I also am streaming live on uh, Instagram as well. We'll push some people over. If we get any questions over there, I'll let you guys know. Uh, but yeah, other than that, PPR, only a single quarterback, and it's not like a super flex or anything like that. Um, but these ones are fun because these ones are like super stacked teams. Uh, I, oh, oh, sorry. I was like, oh, oh. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I, I think these are super stacked teams and uh, I'm excited to get these, get this underway. We, we could probably get started. We're all full here. Guys. Oh yeah, we're full. It's 12.05. Let's get it going. 12.07. All right. The snap fantasy football says Johnny Sands hat is a nice vibe. I got to say. I'm agreeing, Johnny. I think you are finding your own right now with this recent haircut of yours. I'm not gonna yeah, lie. why don't we get a little side profile, Johnny? Yeah, Turn to the side in. Show him what we're wow, working dude. with here. I'm actually yeah, really I like this. the top knot Viking look. He's got I got the on, yeah. Dude. I'm starting to get a little bit of a uh, you know a little golden locks on top. It's not bad. Yeah. It's uh, COVID. Oh, I guess I I need to go over to the draft board. Hello, I'm like really busy uh, <laughs> checking out over. my hair here and. There we go. Now, now we got on the draft board. My bad. Uh, but yeah, certain, you know, it was like COVID. I wanted to switch things up. I was growing my hair out just like big Travi. And then I was just like, it needs, I need to do something with it. Uh, and this is what I came up with. So you're, you're off the fancy ox vibes now. And for the fancy those, ox, yeah. those who are in whisper nation, you don't know, uh, uh, Carol, a good friend of the show. She's caught her here and there. Um, likes to call Johnny the fancy ox when he had his hair going how it was and we've shifted vibes now we're definitely in the viking territory so. <laughs> yeah the the i'll tell you what the the hair is getting some comments out a galore here we got to just hit oh. on this vibe it, it's we know we're here to draft some fancy football teams but josh a oh. says i agree 
Uh, Johnny looking clean. That's Jay Blizzy. For those that don't know, won our Whisper Nation Championship. Oh, Snap is in the house. They say, "Oh, Bun City, Utah." <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. Wow. Okay. So, and Johnny's right. in Johnny's in the Valley right now. We call it Valley of the Bun. <laughs> valley Brett, of the Bun. Yeah. Brett Johnson wants to know if I could pull the same haircut as Game Time. Listen, Brett Johnson, I could pull any haircut I wanted to, but <laughs> this is where we're at right now. So, what we're gonna do? <laughs> Just appreciate everybody in here. Austin, what do you think about giving a little rundown of, of our contestants, though, in, in the actual draft? Yeah, we've, got we've, in got, we've got joining us here in the sleeper room. We've got Oaked on Thieler. Did anyone know what that first letter is? It's getting cut off. I think off. it's hooked. I think it's hooked on a Thielen. That makes that's a good yeah. wheel yeah, of fortune did. guess there. I'd like to solve yeah. the puzzle. I'd like um, to solve. <laughs> hooked on Thieler, uh, Big Travi, Jay Blizzy. Welcome, Jay Blizzy, our champion of the whisper nation listener league make sure you like and follow up for a chance to play along with us next year at 16 teamer it gets wow johnny game time hicks drafted in the four we got the cast pajamas drafting in the five spot uh m tout that is from the snap fancy football podcast joining along we had him on the show just a couple of weeks ago great to see you here uh along with then a taylor of two worlds is that what i get is that, is that did i get that one right a Taylor of two worlds. yeah, yeah. Badass Lando Snap. What's up, Lando? Uh, another member of the Saturday Morning Snap podcast. And uh, Schwartz625 and the FB Therapist. It is great to have all of you along with us here drafting on this great Monday. And let's see what we got oh. going off the first rounds, guys. I'd love to see the difference is in. Oh, the we got a professional here. We got a professional in so, here, guys. Wait, so uh, we're you're telling me we've got two listener league champions in here because we got Jay Blizzy, yeah. who's the TFW listener league champ. Yes, and then Schwartz six two five is Saturday Snaps, uh, fantasy football listener league champion as well. Schwartz nice. six two five. I want to play. So welcome in, guys, Jaren. <laughs> I want to be. I want a spot in there. Listen, I want to play with you guys. I like you guys. You guys are fun to talk to and play football with. You can get a free entry into the drawing for that Listener League Championship uh, also by subscribing on Patreon. Yep. The $5 <laughs> level gets you in a uh, raffle ticket into that drawing, uh, along with so much other stuff there. So patreon.com forward slash the fantasy whispers forward slash the fantasy whispers. Check it out. Uh, and let's see. Let's take it. Let's check out these players we've seen gone now in the first round and a half. Christian McCaffrey led us off. Dalvin Cook, number two. Derrick Henry, number three. Alvin Kamara, number four. I'm not shocked with those first four selections. Saquon at the five. Jonathan Taylor, maybe the most interesting and controversial of the early round selections, goes at six. Nick Chubb, Johnny's boy, at seven. Zeke the Freak at eight. Devontae Adams at nine. And Aaron Jones, another Green Bay Packer, closes the first round off. Cam Akers, ooh, starting it up. FB Therapist. Likes the man out of the Rams backfield here to lead the way. Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and DeAndre Hopkins gone. I've really loved guys watching the shifts that we've seen, especially from some of these early picks and then the middle, well, the entire the entire mock draft. If I'm if I'm being honest, but just to see these shifts and how they go, and I looking forward to seeing what's going to happen before the draft, after the actual NFL draft happens, before training camp. Once we get those training camp beat reporter highlights that come in all of the shifts in ADP. And right now I'm looking at Jonathan Taylor, who we've seen go in the top three, like the last several weeks is now out of the top five and at six. I still don't know if I'd take him before Nick Chubb, Johnny, but maybe right after Nick Chubb is a fair spot. What do you think? Well, you're for, taking your, 
you're taking your selection right now. I'll ask, I'll ask yeah. you, Travi, here. Um, do yeah, you I think, think that's, I think that's the right cutoff. I think we've talked about it now for the last four or five weeks. And then we all, we've obviously seen them retain uh, Marlon Mack on a one-year deal. Not that I think Marlon Mack is some world beater. I think he definitely ends up being the true handcuff to Jonathan Taylor's role. Mm -hmm. Should he be able to come back from the Achilles healthy? Yeah. But I think it does, you know, it's fair to mention that Frank Reich is, you know, a little bit of a trickster. He's got that mm. Andrew, or even more appropriately Matt Nagy to his game where he will put in a tight end in the red zone to carry the ball or he'll throw in Naheem Hines where it should be, a you know, a bigger back running the ball. Yeah. So there's some funky things that happen that could cap a little bit of Taylor's upside. The guy is such a prospect and such a beast and so talented. And then the biggest question on his profile last year was if he could catch, and he dropped only one ball throughout the entire year. Um, so he proved that he can catch at the NFL level and play in a big way. But Nick Chubb is probably the best pure runner in the game right now, and he's in one of the most run-heavy offenses in the game right now. So I do <laughs> think that's right to slot him behind Nick Chubb, but I, I, don't I don't fault Mac at all for taking Taylor. If that's your guy over Nick Chubb being your guy, then go ahead and take him. I got I got truth pimples all over my body right now <laughs> under this under this great truth black pimples. hoodie. I got truth pimples, goose pimples, goose bumpers all over my body right now because I think you're I think you're exactly right here. And while you might take your preference, and I think you should, we talk about that all the time. Draft draft the guys that that you want to watch play. Don't do anything silly or reach too too far but if it's a coin toss between a guy you don't like and a guy you do like that you have statted out about the same go with the guy you do like but i think you broke it down there really well travi of jonathan taylor I, I think the most logical case for him to be selected and we talk about this every single mock draft i'm feeling good after nick chubb it's like nick chubb on paper as johnny points out all the time is such an amazing runner metrically eyeball wise i mean he's great there's no reason to believe he's going to slow down at all there's also some question marks in Cleveland. It is a run-heavy team, but you got Kareem Hunt, who's extremely talented. You got an offense that's still evolving with Baker Mayfield, said, a young quarterback. You said eyeball-wise, does he have good vision? Is that what you're saying? He's got good <laughs> he's, eyeballs. He looks great running. He's one of those guys who oh, like yeah, yeah. passes the okay. smell test. It looks he looks good on paper. Smells he good, looks, looks good. good. Smells good. Does, hey, you know my like saying them. on that? If it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck. It's a duck. It's duck season, right? Like, so I'm with you right there. But but to Jonathan Taylor, like Jonathan Taylor should go right behind Nick Chubb, in my opinion, because Jonathan Taylor could be the next Nick Chubb. Jonathan Taylor could be that next running back that looks good on camera, looks good on paper, runs behind a run-heavy team, all of these things stacking up. But Nick Chubb's just done it already. And I yeah. don't I'm not gonna say that Jonathan Taylor is about to be a better running back than Nick Chubb when Nick Chubb is so so good. But because we have, and just because we haven't seen it multiple years, I'm putting Jonathan Taylor right behind Nick Chubb. But those guys seem like really even in terms of upside, in terms of floor, in terms of role, in terms of everything they got going on. And then more importantly, I'd put him right above Ezekiel Elliott because Ezekiel Elliott has real things pointing to him that would give me pause. That that drains my excitement on taking Ezekiel Elliott in the first round. So. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. You're saying we're splitting hairs here. Case to be made as Chubb for RB1 on the year, but JT on a full workload can't be far behind. No. He's straight up one of my guys. I understand yeah. that, but it's like the it's the workload. Like he's not going to get a full workload with them resigning Marlon Mack. Like that's a big concern, and that would be where my thing is. Oh baby, let's go. Oh yes. Dude, this is this is great. This is classic. This is what I love about mock drafts and just dra drafts in general. I was going back and forth between a few guys in the last round. I had three guys on my list. 
I was hoping that I would get two of them, and sure enough, I did. Let's go. Wow. Joe Mixon, let's go. Joe also, Mixon in the third. I feel actually yeah. good about that one. And y'all, I, I mean, too. I, I got some squabbles with Whisper Nation going back to last season when we saw Joe Mixon going at the end of the first, and it 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 just didn't do it for me. I, I wasn't I was not excited to be taking Joe Joey Mix right there. But here in the third, I think that's really good. And I'm looking at this now and thinking, why would he really move up in in drafts? Do you think that Joe Mixon <laughs> we can expect to kind of go at the end of the second, beginning of the third and in larger drafts, is, is he appropriately slotted right there, Johnny? Yeah, I think that that's probably where he's going to end up going because you're talking about a lot of those second-year running backs are going kind of throughout the entire second round. Yeah, and are. and so I don't um, – like I can't fault people for wanting to take those guys. Like they're, they're more intriguing. We kind of have seen what we've seen in Joe Mixon, and it's not been – and, you know, it's pretty much been a disappointment, but – I actually really do like his value, especially, you know, like you said, I'm getting him as my RB3. And so I can now kind of gamble and, and say, like, I'm going to bet that his upside is going to be there. And then if it's not, it's going to be OK because I have faith in my first two running backs. Um, so I really like Joe Mixon. I think he's I think he's underrated. They, they fix that offensive line a little bit more uh, and hopefully they'll address it even more in the draft. This has a, a lot of offensive uh, linemen are in this draft. Uh, that's what, you know, according to the quote unquote expert. So, uh, yeah, it, it'll be I like Joe Mixon. as Joe a, Mi- a I, I got to take just a second on him because I've smirched the man more times than one. And I'm turning around now on him. We're talking about a 24 year old running back right now who only played six games last year. I almost kind of yeah. like that. He got to keep that tread off of the tires. Cincinnati's a more exciting team. They killed dead weight. You know, when they got rid of A.J. Green, and hey, I love him on the Cardinals. I think he's fine. I think it's a, it's a fun little veteran piece to add. But you got a legend in Cincinnati and A.J. Green, and he's not playing at legendary levels anymore. You used to have him with his quarterback, the Red Rocket, Andy Dalton. That's old news now. He's on four different teams since then. It's like get into the new environment. Joe Burrow is the future. Joe Burrow's got great energy that he brings. We saw what he was capable of. We saw the volume that he can let that ball go. They've got really talented young wide receivers. They're on the up. Um, And Joe Mixon, he's rested. He's young. He's talented. And you're not going to expect for him to be like a Saquon Barkley, but have a role that he can actually handle. I think that Joe Mixon's going to, I'm liking Joe Mixon this year coming around. I want to take, I know Austin, you're about to run down these like mad style repeating, yeah. these, but I do want to give a mad shout out. We got stepmom Lauren in the house. What up, stepmom What's going Lauren? On? Love us some stepmom Lauren, friend of the show on the show. She's, she's so she, busy these days. It's yeah, insane. She, she, yeah. She's writing. She's writing for NBC sports edge, formerly Roto world, writing for the fantasy footballers. Um, her Twitter account is bumping all the time. If you haven't followed her, what the heck is wrong with you? Go follow stepmom Lauren. Um, just don't Google the name. It's stepmom Lauren. Find it on Twitter. Uh, she's incredible. Um, you will follow her and find out why very quickly. Um, she's awesome. Um, as is this draft, we left off here with, I think, Travis Kelsey, third pick in the second. Um, DeAndre Hopkins was taken afterwards. I'm going to run down the rest to get our audio-only listeners caught up. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins was taken fourth pick in the second, followed by DK Metcalf. And J.K. Dobbins, James Robinson, Austin Eckler, Clyde Edwards-Lair, and Julio Jones rounding out the second round. We saw the third round start off with Michael Thomas, followed by A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs, Joe Mixon, Josh Jacobs, DeAndre Swift, Antonio Gibson, Miles Sanders, Najee Harris, first rookie off the board, 
Uh, and the third round closed with Justin Jefferson, last year's phenom rookie wide receiver in Minnesota. Fourth started off with Keenan Allen, followed by David Montgomery, Allen Robinson, George Kittle. Uh, Calvin Ridley was taken in the fourth, and Johnny's making his fourth round selection right there. Travis, we just saw Calvin Ridley go after Julio Jones, significantly after Julio Jones. This has been an interesting talking point. Where do you see these two appropriately shaking out in actual draft time? You know, come on. Um, I think they'll be a little bit more bunched together. We're seeing some weird things in this one. It's a 10 team league. Uh, so we're seeing some things shake out a little bit, a little bit differently and gaps are a little bit more, you know, you got a, a lot of value in that third round. We talked about Joe Mixon for sure. Uh, Gibson, Miles Sanders. Uh, I think that um, people are sleeping on Julio Jones a lot. And me and Johnny just talked a little bit about this last week and, and Julio Jones is getting a little bit disrespected. I mean, we used to get this guy at the end of the first beginning of the second yeah. in this one, he's going end of the second. I've seen him go in the third and other drafts uh, this off season. He's and I think in like the fourth. Yeah. Two. Last year was the first time since 2013 that he didn't play uh, more than 14 games in a season. He usually mm. plays through injury. He had played in nine games, but on a per-game basis was a wide receiver one per game in those nine games. Mm. So this is a guy that continuously does what he does. And we've seen guys in the past, you know, Randy Moss, Andre Johnson, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to, I'm blanking on a few other guys here, but play well, uh, Terrell Owens, play well into their age. Uh, and stay consistent as that possession wide receiver with such a big body. And we know Matt Ryan loves him. We know he's going to get the targets. You know, I think they get bunched together. I think Ridley belongs somewhere in that third and fourth round, depending on the league size. Um, and I think that Julio Jones is easily a guy you can slot in there. And I'm running I think it. Julio Jones brings elements to the table that no other wide receiver really in the NFL brings. You know, maybe that's changing now with DK Metcalf. Lack, and of, lack of touchdowns? <laughs> the lack of touchdowns are there, but... We're talking about a six foot three physical freak, you know, and I think that his physical freakness oftentimes gets a little bit clouded. But when you listen to Larry Fitzgerald say that who's ever seen, you know, that means something to me, a guy who has been able to play alongside Randy Moss and Terrell Owens and Megatron and some really insane wide receivers. And for Fitzgerald to praise Julio as high as he does, it, it, Julio is special. And um, I'm still going to be excited about him until I see a full season of, of disappointment, I guess. I don't, he's just such an interesting character. I don't know. I don't know what the legacy of Julio Jones is going to be when it's all said and done. I think it could be one of those almost like guys who you will always have to throw in the GOAT conversation, but people forget. Almost, almost like the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar of basketball. You know, somebody who you never even mentioned in the GOAT conversation, but you're like, he's all-time scoring leader. You know, weird stuff. I don't know. I think he's a much humbler version of Terrell Owens as far as production is concerned. Mm. You look at what Terrell Owens was able to do in the league, and then, but he's kind of been, you know, blackballed, so to speak, because of the way he acts a lot of the times. Julio is mm. just very quiet and does his thing and gets it done. I don't think Julio is going to be, you know, he's going to be a Hall of Famer first ballot and do a lot of things that um, we're going to look back on his career and go, man, he was a lot better than I think we were giving him credit for during. And I think to your point, you know, very special physically. And, yeah. and he's such a compiler of yards in every single game he plays. Uh, so definitely really, special. Yeah. Really excited and, about that. Really excited. Everybody in here, man, we're rocking today on this Monday. Uh, people are excited. First Monday of April. We're getting into that spring, uh, spring, uh, spring has sprung. We just had Easter. Yeah. He's risen and I've risen with some coffee today and I'm, I think I'm putting <laughs> together a good, I think I'm putting together a good team here. 
let's see. We, we after Calvin Ridley, Johnny picked up Patrick Mahomes, Darren Waller, Travis. You grabbed Mike Evans. I want to touch on him in a second here, and then Kenny Galladay to close out the fourth before we saw the fifth round get started. I'll save that for the next rundown. But Travi there with Mike Evans talking about another perennial stud who maybe gets disrespected and dismissed more than he deserves to. That's Mike Evans, man. The Mr. Thousand Yard receiver himself never missed a thousand yard season in seven straight years, rookie season included, Super Bowl champion now. The man that Tom Brady, returning quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, said he wants to make him a living legend. Do you think that next year Mike Evans outperforms or underperforms what we saw this year? What's your expectations for Big Mike? Well, I think he can. I think he can easily climb into the top five uh, because what you saw last year was that Brady really got it going down the stretch, and so did Mike Evans with Brady. Now, obviously, there's mouths to feed there, you know, and we're going to get OJ Howard back, which will be interesting to see how they run the dual tight end system with OJ Howard and also uh, Gronk. But I think Mike Evans, you know, we proved down the stretch with the touchdowns he was scoring down the stretch with uh, Tom Brady that he definitely probably wants to cash in. I think he's a lock to be a top 15 wide receiver, mm. but then has the upside uh, to be, uh, you know, really top five if, if, if they get clicking uh, like they did down the stretch. Last year, he was the number eight wide receiver to close the year, 11 in PPR. He was a wide receiver one last year. He's 27 years old. I don't think, I, I think I'm excited about Tom Brady returning, even with another age on the man's, uh, another age, another year on his age. Uh, the familiarity he has in the system and that good diet Tom Brady's been putting down his throat hole for the last couple of years. Looks like he's going to be able to keep playing at a really high level. And I think Mike Evans is going to do better that next year than he did this year. And, and he was the wide receiver number eight. I, I do think that, I mean, he's a good bet. I was looking at him for sure. Uh, I was deciding between him and Pat Mahomes. Um, yeah. I think he's a really good value, but I do start to see and understand why people are tending to be a little bit lower on him because I mean, like, like to Travis's point, he just listed OJ Howard as the person um, like adding to targets. But like, you've also got Chris Godwin didn't play a, a, a big majority of those Mike Evans game, you know, of, or last season. You also didn't have Antonio Brown and we'll see if Antonio Brown ends up re-signing with that. They're still negotiating. But it's just the amount of targets or amount of, um, yeah, targets could go down for him. And that would be a concern, especially would, in the red zone. I think that would be true only if Tampa Bay were to kind of put the brakes on their offense. And I think we saw the reverse, right? I think what we saw was Tampa Bay started to get going because Brady started to understand what B.A. wanted and what he wanted to do in that offense. I think second year with Brady and B.A. and these wide receivers, I think they both have room to eat really well. Um, and we could see a situation like that uh, where – you know, you're just going to want a piece of that offense. And I think I think that's a good point, Rob. Probably right. And 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 while I was almost wondering how Travi was able to grab Mike Evans there so late in the fourth, yeah, it's a ten teamer, but even still. But then I looked at the other players that are going before Mike Evans and the players that are going after Mike Evans, and there's just a lot of good wide receivers. Yeah. Right now, that I'd like to get your take on here. You know, like we're looking at Mike Evans and. It's like, oh my gosh, he's so good. There's all this stuff going on. But who's taking right after? Kenny Galladay. Okay, hip issues are there, but this is such a stud young receiver that your good things could come. And then if you go into the next round, we saw DJ Moore. We see Terry McLaurin. We're seeing, and you know, going to the sixth round, Adam Thielen. Like these are all really good receivers with major upside. And especially like DJ Moore and Terry McLaurin, like you could make cases for them being right up there too. And so, like, 
Mike Evans, I still think he's being done a little bit dirty, but then if you go into the picks taken before him, there's really not a lot of slouches going there either, right? Like Calvin Ridley, we expect to take another big jump. Um, skip Chris Godwin, but then Allen Robinson showed what a real stud he actually is last year as he does every year. Keenan Allen, Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, AJ Brown, Michael Thomas. None of these guys are like, there's just a lot of good wide receivers in the NFL right now from yeah, we're going to see a very fantasy. Yeah. And I wonder how much it's correlated to obviously the league throwing more uh, than it ever has, but also like we've seen it the last couple of years, especially last year, there was that group of wide receivers and we're seeing it kind of compile again this year from like rounds three to seven or four to seven, where it's just, you could just start to hammer wide receiver in these rounds and you look yeah. back and go, man, I really put myself together a, a really big squad of wide receivers here that I can interchange out and handle injury with and i think that's a beautiful place to be at for fantasy football uh, travis you're helping me put together a draft strategy here i guess a big question i'd want to know would be where does my comfort level with wide receivers actually fall off you know sometimes i'll be drafting here and you i'll be looking have that tier break you yeah know, where does it end and the guys like that i love that tier when you get maybe like maybe we're talking like third fourth fifth tier wide receivers and we're talking about players that have a lot of question marks, but have crazy upside at the same time. And every year, a couple of those guys pop off and grabbing a guy with crazy upside that has question marks. Like I'm thinking last year's DK Metcalf, for instance, um, or last year's Keenan Allen, for instance. Like these were guys going in like the fourth round, fifth round that ended up being really great players. And nobody at the top busted either, like Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill. DeAndre Hopkins, like all these guys who were taken at the top, they all went well too. But that then comes in the question of who do you just draft? Is is it the running back scarcity you try to prioritize then? And really for me, that's like that's all it really comes down to. It's like, can I avoid grabbing a running back now and get one later? Or am I going to miss off on a true difference maker at the running and back that, position? That, that is why we do this. We mock draft so you can build that strategy out that Austin's talking about there. That is why you're going to follow us, subscribe to us, obviously, not to toot our own horn. but And it's really not just because we're doing anything different or special. It's really just about putting the information in your mind because if you continue to compile the information, it's like practice for a football player. They do all the mundane little crap over and over and over again. So when the big moment comes in the game, it's like muscle memory for them. And they can just snatch that touchdown and you see these amazing plays. That's going to be you on draft day. You're going to be like Russell Crowe, a beautiful mind. And you're going <laughs> like, to remember Johnny's point about DeAndre Swift. And you're going to be like, DeAndre Swift. And you're going to black out. You didn't even know why you wanted him or why you drafted him. But it was going to be Johnny. <laughs> no, are you kidding me? How does that even auto pick to that? Yeah, you auto pick to CD Lamb, who is like, I don't know, wide receiver 10 down well, he on this he list. Probably made, he probably made a list, bro. Unbelievable. He, he probably had a he probably had a player list. This is unbelievable right now. What is this again? Uh, 10, Johnny, 10, Johnny. there were 10, <laughs> 10 wide it's a receivers. League, bro. You're not gonna get this. all the wide receivers, bro. All right. You like you can't My have them all. It's just destroyed. I would have taken C. Lamb. Yeah. Let it. Let it be. The record be shown. That is garbage. That is that. I call. I call BS on that. I call the BS. Question is how does he recover? Because this this oh, whisper nation is a case study in, yes. in sniping action. Even though he was sniped a few picks, a few picks on down later. But what do you do? What do you do when the guy you are? He's basically already on your team. 
This yeah, is Snap, he should not have gone that early. <laughs> Snap comes in and says, you hate to see that. Uh, you hate to see that. And so he's he's vibing with you, Johnny. Oh, oh he yeah, probably and, had a cue made. Yeah, he's I think. the Yeah. And there. oh, also, yeah. What's more realistic? They take Lamar Jackson in the seventh round as the number one quarterback there. This is just un- unbelievable. And this is such a great. I need to find the Yahoo article, the author of this article. She wrote such a good piece last God, year. Ways- <laughs> this is Corlin Sutton. This is just unraveling right before my eyes. This is terrible. This so is Johnny, just straight up terrible. Well, Johnny pulls his life together to try to make a pick here after this tumultuous explosion that we've seen just happen. It actually says that this is a great, great case study when you're actually on the clock drafting for your real league of not to get destroyed. And I got to find the author, this this Yahoo uh, fantasy uh, writer. She had such a great point on how the sniping psychology ends up taking place and we do our drafts. And her basic thing was get ahead of it by planning on getting sniped every single round and knowing ahead of time who you're going to be taking if that player gets sniped. So if it's if mm-hmm. I'm taking if I'm picking at pick number 10 and pick number seven is going up. So there's seven, eight, nine picks before me here. until like the fourth. What yeah. I'm doing is I'm saying these are the four players I'm taking as if the four people ahead of me or the three people ahead of me are going to are in my head and are going to take the guy I want followed by the second guy I want followed by the third guy I want. So who is that fourth one? And just try to get comfortable with that before it actually happens. Because if it does happen, then you've only got like 120 seconds to make up your mind. Or in my case, 60 seconds or in your case, 60 seconds, but that's why we're professional. This is unbelievable. I knew I should have taken Jamar chase. I knew it. I knew I shouldn't have taken him. You can rewind the tape. I I smirked as I made the pick because I knew I didn't want to make that pick. I wanted to go with either CD or Cortland Sutton, and then I was like, "Okay, no big deal." Yeah, I'll honestly, dude, it. honestly, your team is ruined. But it wasn't. It happened long <laughs> before that, so no, don't even worry happen. about it, dude. It like, did why, did you take, why did you take? Why did you take Jamar? Why did you take Jamar instead? Because I wanted to. Well, my plan was to. It's make a, a point. Plan. No, yeah, it was my plan was to make it so that way. And my argument was going to be like, hey, I still think, you know, sixth round is early for Jamar Chase. Hey. But if you want to get your guy like you wanted <laughs> to get this guy, make sure you bracket it with guys that can counter punch that or like counterbalance it if it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. And the two guys that would have worked really well in my trio was CD Lamb and Cortland Sutton. And now they're both gone. And now I had to settle for Uncle Lenny and he's my fourth <laughs> running back. I need a trade, dude. I need Matt, to make some the, trades. The snap in here saying David Johnson's still on the board for you. I love and the Casper Jam has wanted Big Lenny. And I want to know. I, I got to ask you about Lenny. There was a line that came out recently. You know, Lenny's playing for the back. Is it a white line? No, I'm just kidding. probably avoiding them this year, at least if what he indicated is honest. And that's that he's looking to play for the bag. He took a discount to come back and play in Tampa Bay. He had a good Super Bowl. Um, he is 26 years old, but Leonard Fournette plays mean. He's big. He's different. Uh, he's kind of had an up and down experience in the NFL. I know Travis could, uh, could, could share a lot of ups and downs with about Leonard Fournette, mainly downs, but I want to know, is this an actual year that Leonard Fournette could surprise? Is this contract situation 
legitimate for Lenny. You know, we don't have a lot of data to say it is, but we all get the logic behind it. If Leonard Fournette is saying that he's playing for the bag, is that I, anything to emphasize more? I think. I, oh, go ahead, Travis. And I didn't mean to cut you off. I my thing on Leonard Fournette is like I had just wished he got he'd gone somewhere else. I, I just kept wanting mm-hmm. him to get signed by someone else because I love Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette respectively in this offense. If either of them is the guy, mm-hmm. because it's just going to be so profitable. But I don't know. We could be have a very s- smelly situation, uh, sticky situation here with these two both being healthy and going into this year. Like which one is going to be the guy? Because you know I know that. Johnny was adamant that it would be Leonard Fournette, and Leonard Fournette did do his part down the stretch. But Ronald was Jones a- was good last year in, in 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 really big stretches of getting volume. He was profitable for fantasy football. So, you know, I'd be interested to hear Johnny's counterpoint on that and what he thinks a- ends up shaking out this year with Me with too. a year under our belt with Tom Brady and BA. So, here's my theory. I I do think he is a good value. Um, simply because people are are debating this right and there's a big question as hey is it so because uh, you know to ronald jones credit like he did look really good last year when he was given the opportunity like i was impressed the whole world was impressed because it was like oh wow he actually is uh you know the running back that we thought he maybe could be and then as we saw the he got injured and then uncle lenny took over and, uh, you know, we have to remember that Uncle Lenny had a sprained ankle in the beginning of the season. And it was like hush hush, but it was presumably uh, um, or reported that it was like a high ankle sprain. Um, mm. And that's significant when you're running back. And so sure. um, and I, like, what I, we saw, what, well, my, my point would be what we saw down the stretch was that Uncle Lenny was an RB1, and they were leaning on him, and Ronald Jones was healthy during that time. And so you have to think, with that being said, and then the fact that, yeah, he's, like, returning and saying, like, I want my bag now. Like, I'm taking a discount, but I still... Oh, my goodness! This is on... I'm trying to distract myself, not point out what wide receivers that I'm going to get. And every single round, it ends up being the guy that I was waiting for. One away. One away each time for my plan to be working. And this is just going haywire uh but needless to say i do believe it's going to be sticking with ronald jones i think that they uh that is why he returned and that he is looking to get his next payday and as well as another ring or chance at another ring mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. and like you said you're not paying for what you had to like the the draft capital even last year the draft capital was pretty significant uh compared to what it is now so why i i think it's kind of a win-win yeah, i'm not so you yeah. think you think both are are fine pickups then? That's that's your that's <clears> where it's coming at, and that right at least Is later on in the draft it sounds like not early round selection. Oh yeah, gosh. and like I based on so where screwed. they're at ADP, I'm so screwed. This is that was horrible. Um, sorry, what did Jamar Chase? No, I I guess I was just asking to surmise what you're saying is you think that both are probably priced right about right. And that you're willing to take a shot on either or this year based on ADP where they're at right now. I wouldn't take a chance on Ronald Jones at that ADP. Once Leonard Fournette resigned, um, to me, that indicated to, yeah, that he had the discussion that, hey, he was going to be the lead guy and that they weren't fully comfortable. Yeah, I, haven't, I haven't read anything that says that they told him he'll be the lead guy. And I no, actually, no, no, I, I, I think, no, I'm saying that by them signing 
him again. Mm. That by him not taking a bag, right? Like that's what you're saying. Like right. by him not taking a bag, he got assurances. I haven't read anything that says that, so I, I can't really. I like the assumption. I like the logic. I think that's that's great logic. I can't I can't vibe with mm. that though. And so to me, I think that this has more of an a chance to end up like a New England situation where we may not know who the guy is going to be week to week if they're both healthy. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm just a little bit hesitant, but I think, I think to, if I, you know, I misinterpreted what you're saying, but I would like them both at that spot. I think you might as well take a chance at one of them being the guy, whoever the guy is, you think it is. Speaking of getting your guys, I'm going to do a rundown again for our listener only to get everybody caught up here after we closed down the fourth round. We saw the fifth round there start with Chris Carson recently signed again with Seattle. We should touch on that. Uh, Melvin Gordon followed by Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, Travis ETN, Kenyon Drake, Cooper Cup, Mark Andrews, and Devontae Williams. Robert Wood started the sixth round. Kareem Hunt followed by Adam Thielen, Russell Wilson, Odell Beckham, Juju Smith-Schuster back in Pittsburgh, Jamar Chase, Johnny's favorite pick, Tyler Lockett, DJ Chark, CeeDee Lamb, and the seventh round started off with Lamar Jackson out of Baltimore, followed by Josh Allen, a couple good young quarterbacks there, Cortland Sutton, Leonard Fournette, Raheem Mostert, Kyler Murray, Todd Gurley, ooh, Dak Prescott there, Deontay Johnson and T. Higgins closed the seventh. We saw the aforementioned Ronald Jones start off the eighth. David Johnson is finally gone. Sorry, snap. Uh, Debo Samuel, Marquise Brown, Jerry Judy, Brandon Ayuk, Rondale Moore, Will Fuller, and Jarvis Landry here with hooked on a Thieler about to close out the eighth round with the auto-picked player. Yeah, let's see uh, who he auto-picked. Uh, oh, good. Philip Lindsay. Why couldn't I get that that kind of pick two two <laughs> rounds ago? That of Philip Lindsay on a ski on a this is this is just ridiculous we got not I, only mac who who's represents snap but also lando just popped in he said what up homie sorry i couldn't tune in until now to your live stream what's up lando appreciate what you up? being in here regardless we'll get the snap boys oh. on the channel again soon we know that's in the in the yeah snap no. saying the trigger is hot today talking about that auto draft trigger it's it's yeah. really caused it's caused johnny so much pain that he himself auto drafted a player um well no i got rondell Moore. i clicked rondell Moore before the okay. actual All right. timer it said went time's off. up on my computer but maybe it, that's, it uh, did but i will say I, I clicked i did yeah i did click on rondell it's Moore a delay because it's like a yellow light it tells okay. you time's up but while it's, i think time's up is there you can it still lets you get a pick in yeah um but it didn't matter because that was not necessary now i do like rondell Moore in like a rookie draft uh sign me up i think he's extremely interesting but I'm not convinced. Like I would not be taking him in a real draft in the eighth round. Um, I would talk too much in my last pick, and <laughs> I didn't have enough time to figure out what I wanted to do because Johnny all of my much? no way, no way. Yeah, unbelievable. All of my picks were gone. Like literally, all the guys on my list that I wanted to look at: Deontay Johnson, T. Higgins, Brandon Ayuk was the big one. That was what was going to salvage my whole day, but instead. No, I get what, what do you know? I get speaking sniped. of salvaging days and getting sniped. I want to play a little game here and I want to do this to try to help I like make to play a game. game. Yeah, I, I like to play a whole game. You guys remember the jigsaw at work or jigsaw is the room? Oh, yeah, seriously, it's so no, funny. That's, that's a good video. <laughs> that's such a good one. Yeah, we should do that. We should make someone like that for a fantasy football theme. Yeah, but I'm down. Yeah, maybe we'll get something like that going. Uh, but I wanted to ask some of these. So we're doing these mock drafts, right? And every time we do them, especially these early in the season 
mock drafts. You find these guys that are like, how is he still there? Or like, whoa, people are really excited about, about this guy and they're, they're reaching for him. So I want to, I want to highlight a couple of guys from each round. And I want to ask Johnny and Travis, is this guy at his current position, a reach or a steal? So uh, I love this. I love this game. Is this a reach or a steal here? Um, and so in the first round, right, we'll just go round by round if that's okay with you. And some of the guys that, that kind of stand out the most here right now, um, you know, for me, uh, Aaron Jones, uh, in the first round at pick 10, is this a reach or is this a steal or, uh, is yeah, it, we're going to have like a, uh, accurately priced, uh, right where it should be or, yeah, or yeah, is yeah. It, maybe it's a, yeah. Uh, the price is right, Bob. Yeah, the price is right. So price is I, think right. okay. the price, I think the price is is right on Aaron Jones right there. I think yeah. that's right about where he should go. I think you could say that he's a bit of a reach if you really liked him at the beginning of the second. This is a 10-team league. If we were going off 12-team, we could talk a little bit more. But I think he's this is where he's priced. He, he had the negative touchdown regression last year and still scored, what was it, 14 total touchdowns, I believe, last year. Uh this is an offense that's going to be without Jamal Williams, so there's going to be vacated work in that in that sense as yeah. well. Aaron Jones himself is the only other weapon outside of Devontae Adams in this offense. You know, we always talk about the weapons. He's essentially the number two wide receiver for this offense in a lot of ways. Um, and I just think that this offense runs so much deception off of what they do in the running game which is predicated on Aaron Jones. So he really is the cog. They proved it by giving him the long-term deal. He proved that he wants to be the guy for them by signing a team-friendly deal. Um, I, I just don't know how you can make a case for other running backs that are going past him. Uh, you know, And so I think it really comes down to the strategy where Aaron Jones is. Do you want to go wide receiver there? Is that where you want to pivot? Um, or do you want to maybe go tight end uh, with Travis Kelsey? Or do you want to build RB robust? And I think, you know, what therapist did here is nice. It's you, you get upside in both right. those guys. Yeah. I think yeah. the price is right. I like yeah. that one. I like that breakdown. Johnny, how about in the second round here, Julio Jones, we talked about him. He's the fifth wide receiver off the board going at the end of the second. Is it a reach, a steal, or is the price right? I think him going as the fifth overall wide receiver and in the second round is a, Reach for your guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Like I, I and I do agree 100 percent with, uh, you know, all the facts that we stated earlier about Julio still being a, a wide receiver one. But I think he is tending to be because of Calvin Ridley being there and how dominant he is and the lack of the touchdowns. He's never had it. Uh, we keep hoping it happens. But, you know, at some time, you know, it. We got to say a duck is a duck. Um, and so th at that point, I would say that I would rather have, you know, guys like A.J. Brown or Stephon Diggs or Justin mm -hmm. Jefferson um, and potentially even Mike Evans above Julio. Um, and so I, I would just be I would say it's not like a significant reach for your guy, but it's. It's well, a reach I mean, for you, you gave him a reach for your guy, like all pumped up, like you were some pro wrestler there. And then you back. I'm just, dude. I'm just jacked up, dude, on Mountain Dew. All right. Yeah. That's actually, it's not, it's just water, but I'm excited to be Mountain here Dew in years. Oh, Eric Zuber coming in. Oh, so we got, we've got a, uh, is easy daddy here with a different name hooked on Thieler here? Yeah. No, no that. Wait, is oh, that no he, no? he said he could. He said uh, he couldn't make it because of work, but yeah. he's saying he came uh, up for pick. Got it, got uh, it, got it, got it, got it. Okay, I, I feel that one. I hit you on that one. Um, yeah, I, I wish you would have taken an auto pick like that. You know where he took CD <laughs> Lamb. That would have been quite nice. 
The guy standing out to me here in the third round, Miles Sanders. Some question marks here. Is, is Miles Sanders in the third round eighth pick there? Is that a steal? Is that a reach? Or is the price right? I think this is probably borders on a steal, a little baby steal here in the third round. Um, I think that we were taking, you know, Miles Sanders based on his ceiling last year in the end of the first. Uh, and I think that he's probably, you know, a second round guy. I don't see why you can't grade him as well as some of these second year guys. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. Cam Akers, uh, J.K. Dobbins, James Robinson. Uh, Antonio Gibson. I don't see why you can't take him in the second round. So this is probably a bit of uh, the 10, 10 team league coming into play. But I think sure. he's a bit. I think he's a bit of a steal here. I um, think he's a bit of a steal. Third. Let me tell you why I think he's a little. It's got like, some it's added like a emphasis. candy bar. Yeah, why is like that candy bar? Candy bar. No, it's like, like it's, 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 okay. it's a little steal. Yeah, it's like a it's a steal. little steal. It's like a candy bar. It's like yeah, all you picked up was a candy bar, maybe, or maybe yeah. you like forgot. You know, it feels uh, good. It's not going to change your life, but like you forgot nice. something on the bottom of the cart. You didn't mean to. You get to the, you get home, or you get to the car, or, you're like oh, or you get like a free upgrade on your. I had this happen to me last week. Ask Big Travi on uh, my delight milkshake. Uh, they gave me, I just ordered a regular and they gave me like this large, extra large one. It would be something like that, dude. It's right, like, I, that. I like that. And here's, and here's also why I like Miles Sanders. I think he's a really talented running back. I don't think there's a lot of talent behind him and they just got a new coach in charge, right? That's going to come with a new scheme. That's going to come with a new dispersion of targets and carries. And we've seen Doug Marone or excuse me, uh, Doug Peterson was just so generous with getting the ball into everybody's hands. It really can't get much worse than that. And I know that he said miles Sanders was our guy, but it was still kind of a distributed backfield. And if another coach comes in that wants to prioritize him, I don't think it could be much worse than what miles Sanders has seen. So because of the competition behind him or lack thereof and the role he's got on the team, I think Miles Sanders could be poised to have a, a nice bell cow position on an improved Eagles team. Yeah, he's still young. But, uh, okay, like moving moving along here. Um, how about here Calvin Ridley? We'll stay with the Atlanta Falcons players. Calvin Ridley, is this a steal, a, a, uh, uh, a reach, or just about right here in the fourth round? I'm kind of thinking this is a steal if, if he's supposed to be as good or better than Julio. But am I? Yeah, I, I think it's close to a steal. Um, I would agree with that. I think if we're going to play the game of what's most likely to happen, well, we know he – gosh, dang it, Johnny. Oh, good. You get a little bit of sense of what I've been going through all day. Oh, you know, that's that's how you do it. You make me feel bad because others have made you feel bad, Johnny. That's yeah, how I'm, you play the game. I'm projecting I'm projecting my projecting my bitterness your, on your, you, uh, all right? Your your trauma from uh past rounds, you're just projecting it out towards me. I don't believe it. Um it's like what Larry Bird said he'd rather watch his enemies lose than himself no win. win. He gets more yeah. enjoyment from that <laughs> <laughs> losing. That's some dark stuff Eric. right there. Eric. See you, Eric. We'll see you next week. Hopefully, you can join us. Works yeah, definitely, bad. definitely here. Uh, so you're saying, okay? So you're saying, sorry, Calvin Ridley. You were asking uh, whether yeah, he's steal is that a reach? Is that uh, price I right think, there in the fourth? Right I after Chris Godwin, right before Mike Evans. I think it's just right about right. I would. I mean, I, I feel good. Like you're feeling good about. It's definitely closer to the steal side than the reach yeah. side. But I guess I'm, if I'm saying he's a steal, I'm only basing that off of Julio Jones. But I think Julio Jones is a big reach at that point. <laughs> so it's not really fair to base. Oh, man. Yeah. 
I love way. where we're getting here. We're getting a little therapeutic here in the comments. Oh. Josh A says, people who hurt people have been hurt. Or, uh, <laughs> I, like the, I like the phrase, hurt people hurt people. Uh, yeah, so like that's what's happening here, Johnny. Look, we're going to work through this with you. It, Johnny, really, this is a case study for everyone else in here. When you get burned in the draft, Austin brought up some of the social experiment you could do to try and help yourself. Oh, um, you guys just laugh it up. You're not the no, one dude, sharing. You're not the one sharing your screen where people can see where your your mouse is going. Oh, oh yeah, it's unbelievable. It I know yeah. that this is what they do. I know. Dude, this is just an elaborate uh, hoax to try to get you on full tilt listen, and just to get yeah, you like no. just go crazy. Hey, I clearly was going to win this draft, and you guys are all conspiring against me. You you hear it? You heard it here. We are conspiring Stop well, man. We are messing you up. We're getting you good. No, I do love that here. And Josh, hey, people who hurt people, hurt people. We got the FB therapist in here. We got yeah. just like a bunch of traumatized lovers trying to just trying to make the world a better place and make That's sense right. of it all. Right. Isn't that isn't that just what any of us here are trying to do as we're coming into the 11th <laughs> yeah. round, picking up these players? Um, so I'm not going to keep going round by round. Here. I do. I do want to get us caught up for the listener only ones uh, before we get too far ahead and get to the end of the draft where we will be doing our infamous draft grades. But we closed out here with Philip Lindsay in the eighth. Devontae Smith started the ninth round out, followed by Miles Gaskin, Kenneth Gainwell, TJ Hawkinson, Chase Edmonds, Kyle Pitts, Brandon Cooks, James Conner, Tyler Boyd, and Aaron Rodgers closed out the ninth round. We saw the tenth round begin with Chase Claypool, followed by Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, Michael Gallup, Jalen Waddell, Deshaun Watson, Devontae Parker got a lot of noise out of that one. Ryan Tannehill's gone, so is Julian Edelman and Tony Pollard to close out the 10th. We saw the 11th round start off with a couple of tight ends and Rob Gronkowski and Evan Ingram, followed by Tom Brady and Tyler Higby, taken by Johnny Gametime Hicks. T.Y. Hilton now is halfway through the 11th round, and we'll see where uh, the, the draft ends up going from there, but that gets us up to this position. Uh, yeah, your boys started. Your boy started playing dirty. I, I grabbed. Uh, I, I love what uh, so Lando piggybacking off what he did. So he picked up Her Herbert. So none of y'all can take him, which I do like that strategy. And then that's what I was doing. I was, like, not many people have tight ends. So you know what? I'm gonna double up because my wide receivers. Uh, let's be honest. They're hideous. All right. And so <laughs> I'm going to need to have, I need to have some pieces here where I would be able to trade and get another wide receiver piece. You know, maybe one of the ones that got sniped from me, I would be able to uh, go and get, but yeah. So yeah, it's a shame. You don't down. have any other players you could trade though. That's the problem. Like your team's just not, you know, not doing Tradable. it. That's oh, a good I want to ask you guys this. So, you know, when, when Lando comes in here and says, I'm taking Justin Herbert so none of y'all can get him. We know every year there's a couple of players that have like crazy upside, but major question marks that's driving down their ADP. But you know that your entire league is keeping an eye out for that person. Your entire league is trying to get in on that action. Um, I think Justin Herbert's probably like the lead candidate for that this year. You're going to have like, nobody's even going to talk about Justin Herbert. You're going to have everybody fill in the conversation with Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, like Dak Prescott. Everyone's going to be running their mouth about him and he's going to be back just as well. And Russell Wilson, blah, blah, blah. I think Justin Herbert's going to be the one that everybody's going to pretend they're not even thinking about. But everybody actually <laughs> wants Justin Herbert more than anybody else because everyone sees Justin Herbert as being able to be just as good as Patrick Mahomes, you know, light. 
but way better value. But everyone wants them so bad that no one's going to talk about them. I, I just imagine, I just imagine all of us at our draft uh, at this this September, uh, and just all of us. Be, no, no, bro, I don't want Justin Herbert, or I don't want, I don't want Herbert, dude. And just like each of us saying that now, and just secretly being like in the back of our minds, being like, yeah. I want I to be really the one that gets that Herbert. I don't know if it's going to be. I mean, I do like the value that Herbert is going. I think there's a couple of guys that it could be um, that are definitely interesting. Like they're going to be eyeballs on like when when does this guy come? Like I think Josh Allen is another one of those guys that is like people are going to be like, eh, I don't know if I buy into it. But like secretly everyone wants Josh Allen. I think his value is going to be so high after coming off as the number one quarterback. Well, we haven't here. seen it yet. And we're still early, obviously. But we just have not seen Josh Allen's ADP correct just yet. And we're still no. seeing, you know, I got him in the seven. I mean, Lamar is coming we, off the board before him. Yeah, still. And that, that's been the case even in today where Lamar went a lot later than I've seen him go. Um, but Josh Allen still like, uh, well, uh, that'll be an interesting t- case this year is where Josh Allen ends up, you know, in June and July ADP wise, because to your point, uh, Austin, he should be higher based on just the production from last year that should be baked in here. Um, but we're not seeing it. Right. Right. I'm really curious to see, like for me on the quarterback side, the one that I am right now, at least salivating over that I would gosh, be so freaking stoked if I could get him in the double digit rounds would be Jalen hurts. Like for me. And I, it's only exciting if I can get him late because this to me, it could be a top four quarterback that you're getting crazy, crazy late. And he's going to have a lot of the attention appeal. Like if, if oh. Jalen hurts pops off, this guy's going to be on sports center. Every single, yeah. Every trade. Single. Oh, oh, what's happening? Arnold on the move. Deshaun oh. Watson. What's going on? Oh, wait, no, no, no. What's going on? Oh, this is this is why we got breaking news right now, ladies and gentlemen. What is it's happening what live a on big air. trade? We got we got things they going traded on. Let's... All right. So here I have it here uh, from Schefter. Right. Filed to ESPN Jets trading QB Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers for a 2021 six round pick and second and fourth round picks in 2022. So Darnold okay. is going Darnold is going to Carolina for picks. Oh interesting. Interesting. So is Teddy Bridgewater going to be a referee like we saw? Is DJ Moore? <laughs> what does this do? This, this is good for DJ Moore. This is good for DJ Moore. Yes. Robbie Anderson, too. Robbie Anderson played with Darnold. Well, is it then? Is it? I, th- I think I think it's good. Good yeah. news. Maybe. Well, I think it's well, good news for on. Sam Darnold. It's good news for Let's Sam see. Darnold. Let's see what Sam Darnold. I'm going to look up uh, Sam Darnold's. Yeah, this complete. Zach Wilson is for sure going to the Jets now. That looks Good. locked and loaded. That's going to happen. Oh, man. I'll t- talk about a player that you are just like, I I am just falling in love with uh, is, is Zach Wilson, man. Watching that guy's tape, it's it's hard not to fall in love with that guy. Uh, let's see. Deep ball attempts. Uh, Sam Darnold had 37 last year. That ranked 25th in the league. Um, let's see. Yeah, I don't, I don't really... But it is that whole Adam Gase effect. Yeah, like, like I don't really want to judge. I just want to see what's going to be like. I'm just excited for the newness. I've thought Sam Darnold was really uh, New York's never did him any favors. Twenty seven percent deep ball completion, thirty third in the league. But that could get better. That I expect that to get better without Adam Gase. Regardless, there. exciting. We got it. We got a rookie quarterback who's going to have real opportunity there in New York. 
Zach Wilson, that's exciting. I'm Bridgewater, you know, Bridgewater to me, I had a lot of faith in Bridgewater coming in last year. I talked him up. I took him in a couple of leagues, my second or third QB. And he just seems like a really, really, really good backup quarterback. That's how I'm kind of stacking up Teddy Bridgewater. It's like, he's a great backup. He can come in and win you games. And if you're in a, in a pinch, yeah, but I don't think you ever really want him to be your, your main QB. He just doesn't have enough confidence in that deep ball. And in today's modern NFL, you got to be able to hit him deep at a regular clip. If you're going to be one of those top teams. We'll see that. I'm, I am really excited uh, to see what Sam Darnold can do now. Like get him like there. I don't know. Well, I'm and man, Zach Wilson now for sure. Going to the jets, baby. Ooh, let's go. Do we have a new coach over in New York? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. The, Robert Sala from the yeah. he was a defensive coordinator from the uh, San Francisco 49ers the last few okay. years. Okay, and he brought in Lafleur's little brother to do the offense to run the offense. So okay, well, I'm excited to we see what's happening. Some, the the yeah. new is always exciting, especially when we're having such major shifts in themes and expectations in the NFL. I I enjoy getting that new blood in there. Yeah, talk it's, about going to a place. I love that therapist just said great spot for Darnold. Talk about going to a place yes. that's completely different from Adam Gase. And we're talking about now Carolina, which will be multifaceted, which will be um, a spot that can hopefully revamp them because it's youth in the coaching staff. Rule Matt Rule mm-hmm. coming in from a college system and, and running one of the best college systems we've seen um, is now going to get Darnold and try to revamp Darnold. And I think that's actually a great thing to have instead of his second stint with a team and coordinator and, and all that or head coach be somebody who's hard nosed and and not somebody who's open you know, and forward thinking. So. Well, excited to see what happens here for Darnold. Really, I mean, look at the look at the weapons that he now go. He like he goes from you know Denzel Mims in and out of the lineup and Crowder and to no, Harris, from no running back to maybe the best running back in the game. Yeah, uh, to, at least you can make the argument. Like he's just so last much. year. We're talking about Lamichael Pirine and Frank Gore. Yeah, like holy cow, man. Sorry, dude. Hey, don't don't you disgrace Frank Gore like that. No, Frank Gore's amazing. He's I know, amazing. I know what you're, I know what you're saying. Like, amazing, fifteen years ago, yeah. But hey, I, you brag about playing with, but not that year. <laughs> that is why. Good for Jets. Carolina. Good for Carolina. Good, good for the Jets. Good, good for the for Jets because finished the mock draft, dude. Yeah, we got it all the way through, ladies and gentlemen. And now we get to jump into the fun stuff, y'all, where we break down and ruthlessly tear apart your teams and everything that makes you a human being. No, I'm just playing. We're just going to go ahead and touch on your squads and give our A lower than a C minus before and uh, let you know our overall take and, and why we did it. But before we take a shot at your own teams, let's have Johnny and Big Travi break down their squads. Let us inside the brain and let us know what they were thinking or, or just weren't thinking when it when it got started so yeah, if you ever looked inside my brain it would look like that episode of spongebob where they looked inside spongebob's brain and he's just a bunch of him running around burning files and freaking out <laughs> real sos in here uh but i'll start us off here i was at the one two position uh i selected within the top four because it's looking like i'm going to get within the top four in our league of records so i wanted a little bit of uh uh, a chance to talk a little bit about uh, or like strategize there, but this is obviously a totally different team from that. So Dalvin Cook, Ceh, uh, on my first uh, two picks, uh, then went with AJ Brown, Mike Evans. Wanted to build a good base between the first and sixth rounds of three wide receivers, three running backs, and I thought I was able to do that uh, with Melvin Gordon here, who I got in the fifth. Look, I think Melvin Gordon is a tear break for running backs here. After him, it kind of gets into the mucky muck of guys that are in backfields that are ambiguous and things like that. Melvin Gordon, 
you know, with Lindsey gone too, is going to get, he's going to be the guy for Denver and they paid him the money as such last year. So I think Melvin Gordon getting slept on. We've talked about it at length on this show. Uh, I think he's a, a great pick here for me in the fifth. Love DJ Shark, especially with Trevor Lawrence coming to town. I think there's going to be some big things there. And we saw Shark get it done with guys like Jake Luton at times. So as long as he's healthy and they get a system they like, that spread system that um, you know uh, Urban Meyer's going to run, I think that DJ Shark's going to be good. Josh Allen, we talked about how much of a value this is to get Allen in these later rounds. I think this guy is a you know one of the one of the few guys that can touch the QB one overall uh, pinnacle, and I think he he showed that last year. Jarvis Landry, Miles Gaskin, Julian Edelman. Like, obviously, Jules has got to come back. We'll see if he comes back to New England or where he goes. But he's perennially, he's been, when healthy, a top 15 PPR wide receiver. So I like just getting the value there in the 10th and betting on that he, he should be able to come back. Miles Gaskin was another one. As it stands now, I think Miles Gaskins is the lead back. We can see what ends up happening in Miami, but I like that pick there just as a depth piece. Uh, Jarvis Landry. He does what he does, and I think that offense second year, uh, you know, in the Cleveland offense with the new head coach uh, is going to be, you know, Jarvis is going to continue to do what he does. Uh, then I wanted to stack two tight ends with some upside. Obviously, we know the athletic profile of both of these guys, Evan Ingram and Mike Gusecki, athletic freaks, spark scores off the charts uh, in offenses that should have to throw the football a ton. Um, so I think I should be able to either mix and match these guys or one of these guys could be a breakout and, and hit that top five of tight end. And then Henry Ruggs, just a dart throw in the late round. Fastest wide receiver. We're going to talk about second-year guys a lot in the coming weeks. And Henry Ruggs is a second-year guy that I'm excited about. Um, he should get manufactured looks in that offense. And if he can stay healthy, uh, should be a main vein for Gruden. So um, pretty satisfied, I think, all the way down the board. It's pretty balanced. I liked what I was able to come away with. Um, and, I, I, yeah, I think it's... I think it's a squad that competes. I, uh, other than the Julian Edelman pick, I think this draft is pretty fantastic. Uh, from the just the rosterable players, you know, your running backs, Dalvin Cook and Ceh, love that. My three wide receivers would be AJ Brown, yours are AJ Brown, Mike Evans, DJ Shark. Love the floor, love the ceiling. Josh Allen should be elite if he's if he's not fully classified there already. Some depth there in Gaskins, Jarvis Landry, nice there, and then Evan Ingram and Mike Kosecki really two nice late round upside tight ends feeling good about this one yeah nice, nice right. job, that was Thank good you. uh good draft travis um austin mentioned that he had never uh you know given below a c minus uh in any other drafts uh that might change on this one uh no, I'll, I still won't. No. no luckily he doesn't grade your team so yeah that's actually fairly yeah uh, good point uh, so um i will just break down what i did here it was definitely, uh, I liked where I was going in the beginning of this draft for sure. Um, I took, I had the 104 spot. I took Alvin Kamara. Then uh, James Robinson came around in the second. I was going between him and Austin Eckler and Joe Mixon. Those were the three that I was kind of deciding between. Uh, luckily, I was able to get Joe Mixon. Austin Eckler went right after me uh, or one pick after Robinson. So uh, I was kind of in the same ballpark there. Then Pat Mahomes in the fourth, I wasn't necessarily looking for this, but like I was like, okay, uh, a quarterback in the fourth round of a 10-team league, it could set me apart from uh, you know every little advantage. Like Pat Mahomes is an advantage on most weeks um, over other quarterbacks. So I thought the price was a little bit right. I wasn't in love with any of the wide receivers there. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I did like Mike Evans, but I was hoping he would fall to the next round. I took the gamble, didn't work out. 
I took a lot of gambles this whole entire draft and it didn't work out. So case in point, don't be like me on this one, Whisper Nation. Um, <laughs> in the uh, fifth round, DJ Moore, I needed to grab a wide receiver. DJ Moore was there. This was before the news break. Uh, I even love this pick even more now uh, than with the news broke while we were live here. Jamar Chase in the six. We talked about this. I did not mean to do, or I did not want to do that. I would have taken CD Lamb there, whatever. My plan was to grab either Cortland Sutton or CD in the seventh to kind of solidify it. It just was all downhill from after that. Like Leonard Fournette in the seventh. Don't mind that value, but I really didn't need another running back. Uh, Rondell Moore is a rookie wide receiver once again. I don't like loading my team with rookie wide receivers uh, because they generally, if they do end up popping off, it does take a little bit. Uh, TJ Hawkinson was a bright side of my draft. I feel like in the ninth, I like that one. Uh, Devonte Parker in the 10th. I like that as well. Tyler Higby. I kind of, I kind of pulled it together in the second part of this draft. Uh, but not, not enough. I think Jalen Rager in the 12th and then AJ green in the 13th. So, uh, overall I thought I started off well, but then it just kind of unraveled. And I think you're more in your head about this, uh, this draft. I think this draft is actually well put together. I think you say you, you lost it, uh, you know, at the Jamar or at the Jamar Chase pick, right? And then, but like mm -hmm. Leonard Fournette, you know, let, let's see where Rondell Moore, Moore goes. But Leonard Fournette down, like the seventh down, you didn't miss other than the Rondell Moore pick. And if unless he lands with somewhere good, I thought this was well put together. I think you've got some depth here. You're very top heavy at the top, like you mentioned. Uh, DJ Moore is a, a solid wide receiver to have. I mean, obviously, you didn't know Sam Darnold would be there when you drafted him, but we'll or, see how that pans I. out. We'll have to dig into some <laughs> of the numbers. Um, but Moore is such a good wide receiver. I can't imagine that Darnold's so bad of a quarterback that he's not going to be able to, you know, float his value. Yeah. Uh, this is a fine team. I think this team competes as a playoff team, and, and it's a fine team to, to have. Yeah. The, with Alvin Kamara and Patrick Mahomes is probably going to make the playoffs. The only the only maybe hole that you have there is in the second wide receiver. I mean, like the Rondell Moore is the upside play there. And if you would have just taken instead of Jamar Chase, you know, uh, even a, a DJ Chark or a Brandon Ayuk yeah, or a Deontay that. Johnson to pair along with DJ Moore, then you really don't have any holes. And you've actually got, and you've got some really, really solid strengths on this team, even at the weird positions, like, TJ like Parker, Hawkinson and Tyler Parker Higby, is such like a value. It's true. Like Parker's going to fill in for whatever mm -hmm. you need between chase and more, I think, you know, and then yeah. if Rager does what he does. So yeah, I think yeah. your wide like receivers are scary, but that you have some good depth to fill that out. Yeah. That's a fine team. All right. Let's see how uh, the rest awesome. of whisper nation did. Yeah. I'd love to yeah. take it over. You want to start the first one? spot hooked yeah. on a feeler at the one, one took Christian McCaffrey. Easy pick there like it uh julio jones we've talked about uh, probably a little bit of a reach fifth wide receiver off the board um coming into this season not it for me for julio jones but it's you know i get it if you're gonna do that michael thomas another player with big upside we'll see how he does without drew Brees being behind center but michael thomas is a talent even if he's just running slants it's i still like that pick there especially in the third round and then kenny galladay Wow, you are you are really rolling the dice here on some of the wide receiver picks, though. Huge upside with Kenny Galladay, just like with Michael Thomas or Julio Jones, but question marks again. He's on a new team, new quarterback, and he's got a new new hip. So, ooh, I wish him the best. I wish the Giants the best. I wish your team the best. Uh, I'm a little nervous, though, with these three wide receivers with so many question marks. Chris Carson re-signed in Seattle. I feel really good about that pick. Still just 26 years old, runs really hard. 
Um, CD Lamb um, there in the sixth, some depth at the wide receiver spot. I'm sure Johnny has words about it. Lamar Jackson in the seventh. Um, I think we, a lot of us expect Lamar Jackson to keep his floor because of his running ability, but we're holding out hope for the quarterback stats specifically through the passing game. We'll see. Um, but I don't think where you got him there was a problem at all, considering you know Patrick Mahomes has taken three rounds before. Um, Philip Lindsay, you're probably going to throw that one away. He's now in Houston, as is like every other running back who's played for multiple teams now. Uh, Devontae Smith, we'll see where he lands. Tony Pollard, you're going to have to have something happen to Zeke. Gronkowski, he's good, not great. Marvin Jones, new team again. Uh, tough to say with that new, new team. He was underrated in Detroit. But uh, with a new team, it's tough to say where his appropriate draft position should be. And then a rookie wide receiver there. This team is kind of exciting, but I'm really concerned by those question marks presented at, at most of the positions, especially at the wide receiver spot. You know, and then the wide receiver, or the running backs, is Philip Lindsay and Tony Pollard. You're probably going to end up dropping both of those guys. Um, Chris Carson's going to be your number two. You don't hate that. You're not the, see the thing that I have a trouble with with these wide receivers is you're not ever going to be able to trade them and get the value that you'd want, um, and their upside is capped by either new quarterbacks or injuries. We might have already seen the best Michael Thomas and Kenny Galladay had to offer us. So I I, I, I respect this team. I I don't think it makes the playoffs though. I think it looks nicer on paper than it will at the end of the season. Um, I'm going to go with a B minus on this squad, C plus. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on the C plus grade there. I think that's kind of where it, where it stands. I think the upside is tremendous, but yeah, yeah, I I don't I don't mind it. All right, uh, Travis, you want to do Jay Blizzy? Yeah, I will do that right now. Um, Jay Blizzy, Josh, our reigning TFW Whisper Nation Listener League champion, started with Big Dog Derrick Henry, uh, then went Austin Eckler, followed by Stephon Diggs, Darren Waller. Amari Cooper, Tyler Lockett, Cortland Sutton, Will Fuller. Just a mess of upside in that wide receiving core. I love that. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, got to see where he lands. Ryan Tannehill, Tom Brady, Logan Thomas, J.D. McKissick. I'll say this. Uh, the running back depth scares me a little bit, but I love that he's got Derrick Henry here as a locked-in RB1, who's been one of the more, more, most durable backs we've seen come out of college and into the NFL. But then just the I think in a in a PPR league where you're starting three wide receivers, uh, you can get away with a lack of running back depth a little bit more because you're getting so much more points. And so if you stable up on the wide receivers, which he did here, I, I love Diggs, Cooper. Uh, yes, we talk about Lockett being inconsistent, but as your wide receiver three, your wide receiver four, because you also got cut. Cortland Sutton and Will Fuller, the upside's tremendous. You just might not be able to pick the right one here. Um, I will. Uh, I just want to say that Tom Brady is a great upside play, but Ryan Tannehill is super consistent. So uh, I love the dual quarterbacks here. And then Logan Thomas is your backup tight end and ability to kind of slide in as your flex. I think Blizzy did really well here. I think this is probably not an A because of the running back depth, but it's definitely a B or a B plus for me. And I really like this team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Very well done. Very well done. I'll take the cat's pajamas. Uh, I'll break him down. Uh, in the five spot, took Saquon, and I, you know, we'll debate, you know, Saquon and where he actually fits in that top eight uh, quite often in this off season. But I, I like that uh, 
pick right there. J.K. Dobbins in the second uh, and Josh Jacobs as your second, third running back concerns me a little bit. Uh, I'm not as high on J.K. Dobbins as everybody else uh, as far as the second running backs go. I think he'll be a fine running back. I just don't know if he necessarily hits the upside that people think uh, he'll hit. And uh, we'll have a video coming out on that. We'll talk about breaking down those second year running backs. Uh, but Calvin Ridley, Terry McLaurin and Juju Smith-Schuster uh, in the fourth, fifth and sixth rounds and then grab Brandon Ayuk in the eighth, those wide receivers are very, very nice, super stacked. Even if Juju isn't uh, or can't bounce back to the old Juju uh, that we saw a couple of years ago, having him as your wide receiver three or potentially even wide receiver four, because you would put Brandon Ayuk in that top three, uh, you definitely like that combo there. Raheem Moster in the seventh, that's a pretty good pickup. I like what you did there. Um, Chase Edmonds in the ninth, once again, another value, great value. Uh, I was looking at him in a couple of spots. Uh, so I actually think it ended up balancing out for if JK Dobbins and Josh Jacobs aren't being what are panning out to be what, you know, they're expected to be. I think you're, you actually be okay. Took Deshaun Watson in the 10th, T Y Hilton, Jalen hurts. Uh, you probably are going to need Jalen hurts because Deshaun Watson, who knows if he plays, uh, and then Dallas Goddard as your tight end. I, I take, you know, I was a little concerned in the beginning uh, as to this team and, you know, uh, but overall, I actually think he did quite well. Um, I would probably give him a B plus here. Yeah, I like this. Yeah, I like that gray, that, that breakdown. I agree. Yeah. yeah. No disagreements from me on his. All right, Mac. Austin Mac. Handle Mac from the snap. Mac from the snap. Make sure you follow them as well. We had them on the show recently, and we've got their information in the bio, right? Yeah, it's all it's all within the description there. Yep. All in our description there. So give him a follow. Yep. Do yourself a favor. He took Jonathan Taylor at the sixth spot. We've talked a lot about Jonathan Taylor. I'm excited if I'm grabbing him outside of the top five. I think he's a guy who could return top five running back value, and you're getting him then. I think this is probably right where he deserves to go with just being behind Nick Chubb, but we're splitting hairs as we mentioned before. DK Metcalf in the second. I am really excited about the upside DK Metcalf brings. He has shown legitimate development between his rookie and sophomore season. He was number five wide receiver in standard, number seven in PPR. He kept doing it even after Russell Wilson slowed down the second half of the season, not at that same level, but he still was able to deliver. He's such a physical freak. Um, watching him throw stuff on Gilmore to the ground at the line of scrimmage is something I will never forget. He can get you deep. He can get you short. Um, DeAndre Swift there in the third. Tremendous upside for the second year back. The biggest question marks there are just how is the Lions backfield going to distribute touches? Carry on Johnson. Jamal Williams is now a lion. DeAndre Swift had the health issues, um, concussion issues. We'll see. He's definitely the most talented back. He should feast, but there's been a lot of Detroit running backs that should have done things they didn't end up doing. So we will see about DeAndre Swift, but I like the upside there. He's got a big upside team here. Keeps that trend going with Chris Godwin in the fourth. Um, I think it's kind of a nice value play there. He regressed a little bit last year, but the upside is still there. He signed a franchise tag. 25 years old. Chris Godwin is a monster. He's just got to get that opportunity. We'll see. Um, Travis ETN will depend on where he lands, but a high draft prospect could be a great pick there, um, depending on the landing spot. Odell Beckham talked a lot about him and the potential resurgence year um, up in Cleveland. I am a supporter of the resurgence year. I think the talent for Odell is there. I think that the motivation for him 
returning or exceeding previous year's production is right on the table for him. I think that him and Baker are going to have better chemistry. I think the whole Browns offense is going to have better chemistry moving forward. Kyler Murray in the seventh, love it. I think he's a sneaky top number one overall quarterback draw this year. Um, you got him there as the one, two, three, fifth quarterback off the board. I like that. Jerry Judy, uh, expecting a good sophomore season from him. Kyle Pitts, you're taking a rookie tight end who's got a crazy amount of upside, but it's still a rookie tight end. And I don't think we've ever actually seen a rookie tight end perform like ever. So I'm not drafting any rookie tight ends ever until that changes. Um, good luck with that selection. Jalen Waddle, like the upside again, it's just going to depend on where the rookie lands and it's a rookie wide receiver. Rookie wide receivers are performing as of late, but it's still um, giving me pause when you could get somebody who's got a little bit more proven to them. Robert Tunyon, like the upside he's bringing and what the Packers hope to see him provide. Um, so Balancing him with, well with Kyle Pitts is nice. Corey Davis uh, over there with the Jets now. It's a fine play. And then Jamar Jefferson, um, some running back depth there. You know, I I think this is actually a pretty well put together team. When I was if I if I look at Kyler Murray as the quarterback, the running backs would be DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, Travis Etienne as the backup, not bad. DK Metcalf, Chris Godwin, Odell Beckham as your wide receivers with Jerry Judy, Corey Davis, and Jalen Waddle as depth. Robert Tunyon's your starting tight end with Pitts. We'll see how he does. Yeah. I think that this team's got actually, for the amount of upside it brings to the table, it's got a healthy floor there as well. I'm like a Kyler Murray's floor and ceiling is really nice. DK Metcalf's floor and ceiling to me is really nice. Same thing with Jonathan Taylor. So this is this is this is actually like um this is a B plus more than it is an A minus, but it's it's right on that flirting cusp for me. I don't see any holes. I like the upside play, and I don't see any picks that I would say were like out of place picks. Yeah. This team could smash. It definitely yeah. has the range of act outcomes to be the a, like you said, but like right now, even just on floor alone, it's really good. Yeah. I, I think this is a really good team. All right. A Taylor, so I got a, a Taylor of two worlds, a Taylor of two worlds here. So he started with Nick Chubb. We were talking about that toss up between Taylor and Chubb there. Uh, then went Deandre Hopkins, Antonio Gibson, George Kittle, Kenyon Drake, uh, he had Russell Wilson, Todd Gurley, uh, Marquise Brown, Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup as a trio of wide receivers down here. Uh, then Justin Fields, Chuba Hubbard, and Christian Kirk. Um, there's a couple picks that I love in this. Uh, Nick Chubb, DeAndre Hopkins, Gibson, even Kittle in the fourth. Then there's a couple picks I just hate. Uh, Kenyon Drake in the fifth, Todd Gurley in the seventh. Um, and, and I'm just like, I, I don't know what I, I I need. This is not your fault, a Taylor of two worlds. I need to get a little bit better at, at Marquise Brown this offseason and understand where I think he should be valued. Um, but I think that this team is very top heavy. Russell Wilson, Kittle, uh, Chubb. I think Gibson has an ability to break out here. So for that reason alone, I think your starting lineup is fantastic. Um, you're going to have Brandon Cooks. So let's say Marquise Brown's your third wide receiver. I actually think Brandon Cooks is your second wide receiver behind DeAndre Hopkins here. And uh, I think that's okay. Right now he's the only guy in town. I mean, this guy's going to get a, a massive amount of volume alone. If he can stay on the field, we get Watson maybe on the field this year. You know, Brandon Cooks is definitely going to be a guy that's going to be probably a, a steal in a lot of drafts because people are going to be buying, you know, the the downturn of, of Brandon Cooks here, who's been a thousand yard wide receiver most of his career. So, um, I think the top heaviness of your running backs and your tight end and QB are really going to help you here. And I think for that reason, it's a B minus uh, C plus kind of range. But I do like I'll give it the B minus nod because of the quarterback and tight end uh, positional advantages. 
buy the dip, baby. Buy the dip. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the Todd Gurley one definitely freaks me out. Yeah, I mean, I think I just call these nothing picks. So I think, you know, it's like it's definitely a nothing pick here. I, I don't think. But maybe on the off chance, Gar- Gurley is able to get it done. Who knows? Uh, but I, and just I, what's I, the yeah. best case scenario for Drake? Right, that Josh Jacobs becomes a solid RB like backup handcuff. I think the best case scenario for Drake is that he gets more of the Jalen Richard role and he's the pass catching yeah. back and they use him in that fashion and then he can be kind of a scat back that he's they like. Probably to use. better around the goal line too. That's where yeah. that's honestly where I think that they could use him because I, he's so efficient around the goal line. And that's where my concern is where Josh, I don't know where I have I haven't fully ranked out where Josh Jacobs should be and Ken and Drake. But I am on you guys already know where my spot is as far as like on these backfields that are like ambiguous. Like you go with the later round guy. Uh I I do agree though. It, it's probably a little too early for five fifth, you know. There's just no round. way you take him before Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I do, right. Exactly. There's, there's no logic. Yeah, he's he's, he's what you, you you want what Kareem Hunt does out of Kenyon Drake. Like yeah. that's what you would like to Ideally. see happen. Yeah. Unless you're like some make-believe world where you're like, Kenyon Drake is going to dominate over Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is going to get four touches a game. Kenyon Drake's getting 20 and yeah. is going to average 14 and a half fantasy gonna, points every not game. Gonna Probably not. Yeah, that, that's not going to happen. All right, we will jump. I'll do uh, Lando's. Um, I'll break his team down here real quick. Uh, so he took, with the eighth spot, he got Ezekiel Elliott, who we tremendously think is a really good value at the back end yeah. of the first round. Took Travis Kelsey in the second, then Miles Sanders in the third. We talked about him as being potential value. Uh, Allen Robinson, Cooper Cup, Adam Thielen are his three wide receivers uh, that he grabbed in four, five, and six. I do like that trio, uh, especially where he got Adam Thielen. I think Adam Thielen was a very, very nice pick. Uh, Dak Prescott. Uh, in the seventh, mm. then he grabbed Debo Samuel in the eighth, which I do like in a in a PPR league. I really do think uh, Brandon Ayuk is a good pick. Uh, James Conner, we'll see what happens there. Uh, he took him in the ninth, then Ju- uh, Justin Herbert in the tenth. We talked about him saying he wanted to grab two quarterbacks. Michael Pittman in the eleventh. I like that pick a lot. Yep. Um, Michael Carter in the twelfth, and then Keyshawn Bond in the thirteenth. Uh, um, I overall would probably give this. I do like his wide receiver. I'd probably give this an A minus, to be yeah. honest with you. He's got Travis Kelsey. He's got two really good quarterbacks, and so he's you know keeping a, a piece off the board for somebody else. Uh, the two running backs I like. The three wide receivers are are really good. Like they're PPR guys. Um, yeah, well done, Lando. This is probably my favorite uh, draft so far. In I this. agree. Yeah. Where's the hole? I like the three wide receivers you got there. It reminds me of like, it reminds me of like the badass uncles at the barbecue, like Allen Robinson, Cooper Cup, and Adam Thielen, like three <laughs> guys that are like, you know, like they're maybe you've seen them, they've operated, but like these are three uncles that are like in shape, are still cool, and like if you ever needed them to like go and rough somebody up on a weekend for you, like you'd hit up these guys. Like yeah. This is solid. There's no holes. It's good opportunity. It's great upside. I agree with you, Johnny. I think this is an A minus. I think it's the best one we've seen so far. Yep. All right. Two wants to take short. Uh, Austin, you want to take? Yeah. Let me jump into shorts here. All right. The ninth spot, Devontae Adams, first wide receiver off the board. In the second round, took Tyreek Hill, the second wide receiver off the board. And I think Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill are the one and number two wide receivers as they should be selected as of now. So like that. Najee Harris. And David Montgomery were then taken. Big 
risky play taking Najee Harris, but it is the first running back taken. You do have your selection there of the rookie backs. Um, it just depends on where they land. In the mock draft setup right here, I think that's actually a pretty slick pick um, from an upside perspective in the way it stacks, especially then going David Montgomery, who gives you that stability, gives you that uh, bit of expectation already. We saw what he can do, and what he did at the end of last season was awesome. Mark Andrews, it's a sexy pick. Needs some things to break over there in Baltimore, but where you got him as the fourth tight end off the board with some space in between you and Darren Waller or Mark Andrews and Darren Waller. It's not, it's not a bad pick. I got nothing negative about it. Um, Kareem Hunt is your third running back. It's pretty good. Deontay Johnson is your third wide receiver in the seventh round. I really like David Johnson. Nice floor play running back there in the eighth, followed by Tyler Boyd. This is nice. It's good value. I'm um, Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow as your two quarterbacks. All right. Zach Ertz is a backup tight end. And then Devin Singletary. And some running back depth. I think this team is really stacked up nicely. Great, great upside with the wide receiver positions there. And Devonta Adams, Tyree Kill, and Deontay Johnson. Like these guys are going to win you weeks. Not a set of holes at the running back position there. David Montgomery, Kareem Hunt, David Johnson, and then Najee Harris, who was actually your first selected back. Um, like that upside. This is, this is good, especially when you didn't take a running back until the third round. Mark Andrews. Great upside again at the tight end spot. And Zach Ertz, you know, it's nice. We'll see if he can get a resurgence and he's not washed. We'll find out. Um, the only issue I have here is with the quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence is a rookie. I know he's a very highly touted rookie and should be great. Um, like Joe Burrow was last year and getting his 60 pass attempts. But I, I would still like to have somebody that's got a little bit more experience to their name and not coming off of an injury like Joe Burrow would be you had a chance there to take Justin Herbert instead of Trevor Lawrence. If you would have taken Justin Herbert instead of Trevor Lawrence at this pick, I would be much higher on this team. I think it would really set you up well. I think quarterback is a liability. And if you would have taken Justin Herbert instead, quarterback could have been a point of strength for you. Um, and that's how it goes sometimes, just one pick away from the entire identity of your team shifting. But that's why we're mock drafting. So you didn't though. You took Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow. And that's really the only hole that I see. It's a big hole, but you're trying to hedge that bet with those two younger quarterbacks. Um, enough said on that On that regard. Uh, I feel good about this team being a B, a strong B, leaning B+. Plus. Um, if, it, if it had a different quarterback, if he would have taken Justin Herbert, it would have been the B plus A minus range for me. But as of now, I think this is a really, really solid B team. You're just going to have to hopefully get lucky at quarterback. Yeah, I don't have much to add to that. I think it's it's the quarterback was the issue for me, I think, too, as well. But maybe we can get Burrow back in time to hit the upside yeah. that he showed last year, and you're okay. But, yeah, definitely a B team, very top-heavy with those wide receivers. Recovered nicely with some of the backs he was able to get um, um, by going upside down. He still kind of was able to do that. I just found it a little interesting that um, I was looking at the Devin Singletary pick in the 13th, and I was like, Oh, that's really late to get Devin Singletary. I, and like, I, I don't want a part of Devin Singletary. But then looking like Zach Moss didn't even get drafted. That's kind of yeah. wild. Yeah. Team league. yeah, that'll be interesting. Though That backfield is going to be an interesting one, especially if they don't draft someone. Right. Um, they haven't brought anybody in. So it's going to be one of those two guys if they don't draft anybody, which means you're going to you should know a guy you'd be willing to take a shot on in, of those two. Yeah, because that's going to be where breakouts come from are those ambiguous situations right there. So uh, that's a good point, Johnny, to bring up right here. 
All right, so I'll bring us home with the fantasy football therapist, the FB therapist. I just want to thank him and everyone for joining us again. Um, uh, Everyone that's a repeat guest and for the new ones, we love you. We're here every Monday. Uh, Fantasy football therapist goes Aaron Jones, Cam Akers, back-to-back, RB Robust. Second year Cam Akers, love that pick here. And I really love this wide receiving core. Uh, Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen, Robert Woods, T. Higgins for his four wide receivers between rounds three and seven. Austin and I were talking a little bit about those rounds being where you can hammer wide receiver a little bit here. I love the balance of Keenan Allen and Robert Woods as PPR studs that we know they get it done. Then juxtaposed with Justin Jefferson and T. Higgins, who are second year's guys with great upside that flashed breakouts. I think this wide receiving core could be my favorite that was put together just based on upside and floor blend. Um, so I really like that there. Javante Williams, uh, one of my favorite prospects to have watched on tape this year uh, coming in. Really hope he gets into a nice spot because I think that dude's ability to shed tackles and bounce off of defenders is something special. Uh, Ronald Jones, we talked about the Ronald Jones-Leonard Fournette debate. Uh, we'll see how that lands. But as your fourth running back, I think you swing for that upside there. That's a, that's a great piece to have. Aaron Rodgers in the ninth, continuous uh, going to be doubted probably uh, ADP wise just based on age and relationship with the team and lack of weapons. But this is a guy that doesn't care who you are. Um, I could go out there and catch touchdown passes if Aaron Rodgers wanted me to. Like that's how good he could make me. Uh, Chase Claypool uh, rocking here as a, another upside pick. Love that. Noah Fant. Um, I would have loved the only the only knock on this whole draft is maybe you swap out one of those backs, you know, AJ Dillon or Mike Davis for another tight end just to try and hedge your bet on the tight end upside. But I think Fant has such great upside like this is a great pick as well. I think this is an A team. I don't have any holes here. Um, I think this team's well put together. Uh, starting roster is really good. And I think this is probably my favorite team. And um, FB therapist does what he does, man. He drafts well. Yeah, this is a really good team. I like the Mike Davis pick actually a I, I lot. Love like, that's why I say the only knock I could have is to switch swap one of them out. But I love both of those picks, AJ Dillon and Mike Davis as late round guys. I didn't realize he had Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. He locked yeah. up that backfield. That's yeah. really nice. Then and then the Cam Akers pick there. He's got he's, I, he's locked up a backfield. That's really good. Yeah, I mean, good I would too. I would. This is he definitely has the best team here. But then this is where I would get picky and say like. If you would have went in the eighth round instead of Ronald Jones taking like a TJ Hawkins in there or, um, you know, a, a tight end there, I think that that would have been like, I think Noah Fant is definitely interesting right now, but I still think that there are some things that need to go his way. Whereas like, I think there are more sure handed tight ends that you can get a little bit later. And so that would be my only weakness, knowing that what you got later on, Mike Davis and AJ Dillon, um, that's what, but other than that, that's just being, I, you know, I like the way you put it up. I like the way yeah, you put I, it up. I love, I, I love this team. There's yeah. still some, there's yeah. still tight ends available on the Johnny, waiver wire. Johnny hates it, but I love it. I love this team. <laughs> yeah, I like them. I like <laughs> I'm not saying I hate it. I'm saying I'm this just, is I'm the best team. 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 I think it's, I, I think we agree. This one is the best one. And, uh, but there are a lot of good teams that drafted along with this other mock draft Monday that we've got in the bag. Another great one we did with Whisper Nation. Uh, make sure you've liked and subscribed to the channel on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter and on Facebook to catch these notifications coming your way. Johnny drops the links to the sleeper room um, on Twitter. So make sure you follow on Twitter so you can draft along with us next Monday. We do it every Monday. We're going to be doing it from here until the start of the season with the Mock Draft Marathon, 24 live hours of straight mock drafting. We'll be doing that in August. We're getting ready for it every Monday, though, from here on out. 
Boys, is there anything that I missed? Anything we'd like to let Whisper Nation know? Any final thoughts? No, I'm hungry. I what, I was going to ask you guys what you think I should have for lunch. Dude, I'm craving some Chipotle. I've been on like a, some Chipotle. Dude, I could me? I could have Chipotle every day, I think, and be okay. Like I literally could eat there every single day. I will say that I got I got kind of mocked because I said one of my goals in life was to get one of those Chipotle, uh, you know, the Chipotle card where you can get unlimited Chipotle, oh, yeah. for, you know. Well, I was I, like, I, that I, was one of I my did, goals, I, and I, I got, got a mock. Up the Chipotle talk here. Fancy football therapist saying, sadly, maybe my last mock. Starting a new job next uh, week. Hopefully, I can continue uh, in the future. First of all, just want to say thank you, FB therapist, for always joining on yeah, here. We appreciate, appreciate you in it. a big way. Love what you're putting out there. Second of all, be like the rest of the cool kids on here and mock while at work. <laughs> yeah. Don't get fired. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Congratulations uh, on the new job. Man. Yeah, awesome. congrats on the new job. We appreciate the support, and, and we'll be seeing you uh, when we see you, man. We appreciate you. With that, uh, I'm Austin Sear. There's Big Travi. There's Johnny Game Time Hicks. We're the Fantasy Whispers, and we're out. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whisperers.